Hey everybody, this is Steve Riley from LA Guns and you're watching CMS TV. Peace. James. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Good to talk great. to you both. Um, good to talk to you both on the uh, on the backs of a really, really fun record. Uh, let, let's talk about No Strings. Great record. Very diverse. Probably more diverse than I thought I was going to hear, being honest. I thought it was just going to be kind of straightforward rock, and there's you know ballads, there's ups and downs, peaks and valleys. So tell us all about it. Well, that's, you know, kind of what life is. It's got ups and downs, peaks and valleys, sad times, good times, fun times. So, you know, we feel it all. So we put it all on in our music. So hopefully there's stuff that anybody could relate to. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And for you guys, um, this comes what four years? Basically, it comes after the the pre pandemic record. I guess is the way we're we're looking at things these days. Is everybody had a record that they were ready to do big things with, and then the world stopped and didn't let them. And now this is the new product. Is that close? Pretty close. Well, yeah. Actually, no, because Synergy, our last album, was made during the pandemic. Okay. Um. So that came out like right right as it was still in the pandemic we were still it? in it because that's what i was going to say the exciting thing with this one is we can actually go out and support it and play whereas the last one it came out and i think it was about six or seven months and in the music business you've got about one to two weeks and you're gone so. <laughs> right i know we had to make the videos like at home because there was no venues open there was no you know, so we're in the garage playing. Just whatever. Okay, let's do another video in the kitchen now. Exactly. Uh, we haven't used yet, so just in the kitchen for later. <laughs> now, did you? Would you say that that doing that record though during the pandemic helped you your sanity and getting through that crazy time in our country's uh, history? Yes, absolutely. It it consumed us. I, I don't think we ever finished an album that fast. It was. Well, there was nothing else to do. Yeah. Right. So right. We'd walk the dog and then eat and then come down here in the basement and write songs. <laughs> it's better than watching the news. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you that much. Oh, I mean, it did save our sanity. I have to say it was very therapeutic. A couple of the songs on that album on Synergy 
were about the pandemic. Right. One of them was like funny. We're all going crazy. It was called talk to myself. Right. Because that's basically what you had to do. You couldn't do anything else. And then the other one was a little more serious. It was called lonely. We fight um, kind of a, it's sad, but we're all in this together and we're all going through the same stuff. So right. it, it sort of helped in that way too, that we could get some of those feelings out that frustration Right. Mm -hmm. So moving forward to no strings, obviously you come into it in a better headspace. Does that make it, I, I guess I have two parts to this. A, does it make it more fun to write? And two, does it make it take longer to write because you're in a better headspace where you might have more to write about? Yes. I, especially on that, your second question there, it, it definitely took longer. Um, because we had a lot more to pull from and we had other things just in life going on, just, you know, between our kids and, you know, everything else. So it did take some more time, but I think it was worth it. You know, where the last one, we just, we were so consumed by, it, we rushed it. We, and I'm proud of it. I'm happy. But this one, we definitely took more time trying to cross all our T's and dot all our I's. And, well, you want to raise the bar every time, yeah, you know, right. it was like, okay, we, we got to make this one sound better than the last one. We got to, you know, spend a little more time on lyrics. We have to really kind of sift through this better. Every time you go out, you want to better yourself. So it did take longer, but worth it. I mean, it it's, sounds still, it's still not perfect. There's still, <laughs> like, oh, why didn't I do that over? Why didn't you change that lyric? Or why didn't we do this? Well <laughs> well, you know what? Between between you two and Eric up here, I'm sitting here with three musicians. None of you are ever satisfied with anything you do no. musically. Yeah, never. <laughs> well, from one mu musician to another, let me say that sounded super fat and fantastic. Oh, what I just you. heard, okay, on, even on my headphones right now. Ah, thank you. Uh, so, kudos. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you. Because I mean, it's funny because you do sit there and you know you mix and master yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know, on one hand, you, you've got the capability to tweak it as much as you want, but then you over tweak it. And right. plenty of these songs that were like 45 or 50 mixes in going something <laughs> mixes ago. Well, <laughs> I recognize the best thing to do that, that we've started doing is play it for non-musicians. Yeah. Right. They're not going to talk about the snare drum and they're not going to talk about, Oh, the bass or the, this or the, that. They're going to either like it and it sounds good to them and the song comes off or they don't. It either gets them or it doesn't. And that's, I mean, that's what counts, really. You can ask musicians all day long and they're going to, you're going to have 50 different opinions. Some will be good. Some will be bad. <laughs> and, no, I don't, I don't mean to say. See, jeez. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's, it's better better to get a less schooled opinion because you know you want everybody to, you just want it to be as good as it can be for people who are wanting to hear it right so you know it doesn't really matter if it's technically the greatest sounding album ever or not you make it the best you can and you make mm -hmm. it you hope people will like let me ask you you both this um you know obviously being old school like Chris and I, you've you've done recordings in the in the eighties and nineties, a totally different approach than what's done today. I mean, do you actively uh, change how you go about recording, knowing that most 
people nowadays are accessing this on their phone and their earbuds and has it changed the way you mix songs or anything like that? Do you want to take that one for now? Yeah, it does a little bit. I mean, you have to listen in all different sources. Right. Think, you know, I mean, I, to me, the Agreed. biggest one obviously is the car, you know, most people mm -hmm. music in the car. So mm -hmm. you try to nail that car stereo sound the best you can. And then once you get that in, yeah, then we'll go to like the earbuds through the phone, <laughs> the little Bluetooth speaker and check it out there. and Or just the phone speaker. Right. And then yeah, right. exactly. It's like the, the old Oratone speakers. Well, that's what this is now. Mm -hmm. I hope it sounds good. good on point. Here. You know, you're not going to hear the bass. You're not going to. But, you know, if it comes off good on here. You're that's, in. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I was getting to because yeah. that is nowadays, even myself, when I'm getting introduced to most things, if it's in a, a press article or something like that, I'm likely running around my house doing other things. I probably just have the phone on and click it for a second. And it's great if I can actually, you know, hear the drums, hear the bass, hear the vocals in that capacity. You right. definitely did a good mix. Right. Definitely. Well, let me ask you guys about being a rock and roll couple, which I cannot for the life of me figure out how you do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've, I've worked businesses with my now ex-wife, and there's your answer. But, um, you know, it was very difficult to be around that much of the time. And what I found, again, different world, but what I found was that the disagreements in the professional world hung around into the personal life. Music being so creative and so even more polarizing when you're in a creative mode, how do you keep the, the creative disagreements from getting into your day-to-day Versus, you know, sitting in the car hating each other as you drive down the road to the grocery <laughs> store or whatever. Yeah, it's hard. You, you can't take it personally. And that's really hard to do because mm -hmm. we do have a personal relationship and we have a professional relationship. So, yeah, you try to keep them from messing anything up. But the good news is, is we're both we pick our battles very carefully and right. we're really good at compromising. So I think, you know, that's the key and we respect each other. That's big too. If you don't respect your mate, you're in trouble. If you don't respect the person you're collaborating with, that's not good either. So I think it boils down to those two things, compromise and respect. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's still, there's stuff I listen to and I go, Damn, Justin. <laughs> well, no, there's the song, there's the song um, Don't Turn Me Away, and there's a part in the middle that breaks down to just guitars and vocals. And I was hearing hand claps. Right. Oh, Boston. I'm like, oh, I'm stuck in Boston here. So I put claps on there, and I put my own claps. You know, I'm recording my own clapping. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Justin's going to love it. <laughs> and every time it goes by, I still go, I want my hand claps. Aww. That's an example where it was like, okay, I'll let you have this one, and then he'll let me have one. And, you know, right. we compromise. It goes back and forth. We don't always agree. And, you know, I mean, in the end, you're, he's probably right. I don't know. Maybe it would have been too uh -huh. poor here or too Boston. But right. I wanted hand claps. Well, and that's one of the, like, Gave the, you your way. early on when we started <laughs> even making music together, 
Um, one of the things I learned pretty quick, you know, I mean, as a musician, you know, you, you kind of hear something in your head and you, you get stubborn about it a little bit. And you're like, no, this is how it should go. But I learned pretty quick that her outside ideas that she would throw out there that I might not agree with, but then we'd go with and we'd try it nine times out of 10, she was right. And it right. sounded better. And it took it from a way that my brain just couldn't, you know, I wasn't going to write that a song like that. But she added her influence to it, and then it created the whole final song, and it was worth it. Well, so. then it's hard to be soft with your vision because, you know, when you're writing a song by yourself, you have a vision for it. And it's very hard sometimes to keep that soft. Mm -hmm. It's soft enough that someone else can go to put their input into it and make it better. And I think the more that we do that, the more that we did compromise, the more we realized, hey, I trust you. <laughs> so if you feel strongly about something, I'll go with it and vice versa. Was there any other, uh, anyone else in your circle that you would bounce off, uh, you know, ideas or, or something? Would you, you would ask their opinion in such situations like a third person? My oldest brother, um, is probably the main person we would go to. He comes from, he got me into the music that I'm into at a okay. very age. I trust his opinion a lot and i feel safe with him sending him stuff and you the know, mediator like a mediator almost exactly yeah <laughs> and, you know especially too when we would have two different ideas you know it was great to go to him and say yeah. which do you like better you know so he's he's probably our main source no he has been the tiebreaker on a few different issues okay. yeah so you know because he's mm -hmm. a musician but a big fan right listens to a lot of music new music older music He's a music head. So, you know, he's definitely a good resource for, for tiebreakers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You'll stalemate with only two. You know, you, like, need oh, that. Right. Right. you like A or B. <laughs> right. right. A or B. <laughs> okay. One more time. Now, are you sure? One more time. <laughs> sure you right on. Well, well, Janet, obviously you've had a lot of success with Vixen. You know, it's. Band, you guys had significant success in the late 80s into the 90s. I actually saw you guys perform one time. I'll see if you remember this place. I saw you perform at a club in Monterey on the, the bay called Doc Ricketts. You remember that place? It was a, I mean, it was a hole in the I think wall she club. tried to forget about that one, Chris. <laughs> it really was a small, it was a small club that brought in big bands. It was kind of. Ricketts, like isn't a, that a disease or something? No. <laughs> no. It was actually, a, it was a nice club, but it was a, it was a smaller club, but it brought in big bands. But, but anyway. Oh, was it okay? Yeah. No, it was good. It was definitely good. It was fun. It was a fun time. And you guys were way too big to be playing. It's weird because this is going to sound goofy, but night back to back nights. I saw you guys one night and boys to men the next night at the same, at the same wow. venue. And boys to men was obviously uh, at that point, they were like a 20,000 seat band. Yeah, it, it was like where bands, I don't know, bands went there when they were like in between gigs or something like didn't have a fill between San Francisco and LA or something. California is difficult like that. Yeah. West coast is much harder. The East coast is so easy to book. You just go boom, 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 boom down the coast. Right. Places to play, plenty of venues, big ones, small ones, theaters, whatever. California is not like that. It's, it's harder to, to find, you know, sure. down places to play. So it was probably like, well, we can play this place or nothing. So, right. Mm -hmm. 
So it wasn't always kids. that way, but it is. It certainly is now. It has been for a while. Yeah. yeah well, well, the the question I wanted to ask, and I really don't have. A, I personally don't have a ton of Vixen questions, but over the last five years or so, that now that you're doing Gardner James instead of Vixen, and you're not even billing yourself with the Vixen name or any of the versions of Vixen or anything, you're you're billing it as a new entity. Does it feel like you're starting over? Like, do you feel like you don't get the, the, the love or the attention that you earned from Vixen and that you're really, truly starting over like a brand new band? Well, yeah. I mean, the brand name is the brand name and I don't have that. So yeah, it's, it, it's not re- totally like starting over because some people know who I am. Sure. 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 We know who you are, but, Janet. Yeah, what I did in the past, <laughs> um, and we do play, you know, a few Vixen songs in our shows. Sure. So um, I think we kind of satisfy that audience somewhat. But yeah, it's it's kind of like starting over. Okay. Quite, but yeah, it, it's a lot easier to have the brand name if if we were playing as Vixen. Right. I don't Would know. you even want that at this point? <laughs> That'd be hard to pull off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well. Get no. you a little dress, maybe some. Right. <laughs> are, are they able to bill it, uh, or, or Jan- Janet Gardner of Vixen? Are you able to put that into the name, or it can't be on there at all? I know we've dealt no. with stuff with Stephen Piercy like nothing, that. There, we've never had a discussion about that. I mean, okay. I left with with my blessing to keep going, use Vixen, right. whatever. Um, and it was never really discussed. So yeah, I mean, sometimes it's billed as, you know, the legendary voice of vixen oh my god that sounds like us right something like that right um as it should be it is a legendary it's so iconic and that's uh you know edge of broken heart too is just one of those songs that even as a guy you turn up (laughs) you know (laughs) on radio right it just rocks the whole song human will turn up edge of a broken heart (laughs) it's true it's just so good and your voice is so amazing and that was back uh before auto-tune uh, or anything like that. It's phenomenal, to be yeah, honest. You had to, you had to do it until everything was in tune. You had to keep singing until it was. <laughs> now, Chris didn't, didn't know that Richard Marks was involved with the song, I which not. I thought was really cool. And I just want to know if you had any memories of that or how that even came to be uh, working with him. God. Yeah. Well, we knew him because we had the same manager. So okay. we met him at, like, you know, the the barbecues that our manager <laughs> Stuff. So we, we casually kind of knew each other and, you know, we would talk once in a while and he heard our demos and stuff and he was like, yeah, you guys, it's super cool. I like what you got going. And then somehow at one point it was like, we should work together. We should try to write a song together or, you know, do something together. And then his album came out. This was before he was famous. Okay, you didn't really know who he was so much at that point. Not really. I mean, we had heard his music too and we knew okay. he was talented guy and mm-hmm. you know he had like everybody working on his record he had the best musicians in the world playing on his record so we knew you know it was it was a big deal mm-hmm. so and we went and visited him in the studio and so we got to know him a little bit and then his record took off so he went on the road and it's like well so much for working with him he's gone <laughs> <laughs> but um he came back for like christmas vacation or something and said I got an idea for a song for you guys. You want to go in and record it. We thought our album was done, but 
the record company said, well, of course, we'll, we'll finance that if you want to do a song with Richard Marks. So, you know, we went in and did it. It was super fast. It was like two days. Wow. Quick. Yeah. And I didn't have lyrics literally until the, I was standing out in front of the microphone with no lyrics. Like, <laughs> wow. I don't know what I'm doing here. Richard Marks is sitting out on the other side of the glass. I'm standing out there. I got no words. And Fee Waybo comes in at the last minute, goes, here's your lyrics. I'm like, all righty then, let's do this. <laughs> no, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable, but, you know, so we just, and it was great. It was so much fun. He was very cool, easy to work with. Obviously, he has brilliant ideas. So if I was struggling with something, boom, he'd give me an idea. And next, go to the next part. It was like the easiest vocal, one of the easiest vocals I've ever done. Wow. So it was amazing. Great experience. Sure. Love Justin, let, let me ask you, uh, you know, obviously working with, with Janet, you are always going to have whatever you do compared to Vixen. It's just going to happen. You know, <laughs> right. there's, there, there's, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. How does that put any kind of pressure on you to create toward that sound or do you actually push yourself to not like because i'll be honest i don't necessarily hear it in those strings i don't i don't hear clone band at all it sounds unique which and and believe me i was looking for anything to say well this points to that and 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 i didn't hear it so do you feel pressured to do that (laughs) exactly you know what (laughs) no i i haven't i mean I've always, I'm a fan of Vixen. I, you know, those first two albums I think are great. And, mm-hmm. you know, I came up in the eighties, you know, I mean, that whole genre is my go-to music. Sure. Uh, you know, Kiss Asylum is my favorite, one of my favorite albums, you know, instead of rock and roll over, which I love rock and roll over too. But, you know, I just, my heroes are like Jakey Lee and, you know, George Lynch and then Gary Moore and John Sykes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've always just, kind of pulled from my influences of, you know, and sometimes it might have some similarities just because, you know, Rev It Up came out in that time period in the first Vixen album. But no, I don't ever shoot to try to match or repeat it and or anything like that. And I think that's what kind of makes what we do special is we both come, I mean, even though Janet was from the 80s scene, she's more of a 70s rhythm and blues fan and I'm more of a glam metal fan. Okay. So, mm-hmm. You know, when we mix those two together, that's where we come up with these sounds. So, let me ask you some guitar stuff as one guitar guy to another guitar guy. For for one, what, the playing I heard was top notch. Thank you, and I dig it. Now, uh, how did for the new record? What are you doing for amps and stuff? Are you doing the emulated amps, or are you doing the real amps? What do you got going on? When we first started recording together, I was doing the amps. I was I had a rectifier that I was mm-hmm. using. And I love that it sounded great in the room, but mm-hmm. miking it and always making sure that mic was in the same spot so it was consistent right. was a pain in the neck. So yeah. it's going down to grab it. So it <laughs> <laughs> what do we got here, Janet? Yeah. So today, yeah, in the last hey, three hey. albums, the line six helix. <laughs> nice. Uh, cool. Bogner Ecstasy amp simulator set up in here and i have something well the, the little mini little an hx oh thing. yeah awesome uh, i mean they're great because you could take them on the road you can have yeah. the same sound when you go to a show you don't have to worry about the back line if mm-hmm. 
a rectifier, a Mesa guy or a Marshall guy, you know, you always had the same sound. So I love this thing. And mm -hmm. another newer guitar player that I'm a huge fan of is DJ Ashba. Right. And his work on that first Beautiful Creatures album, I mean, that yeah. was like, that was life changing for me. All the different sounds and effects that he threw into those songs right. were so cool. And that's what I love about this Helix is that there's mm -hmm. ways to dial in those funky filters and make the guitar sound new and different. And right. it's, it's refreshing and it opens up a whole doorway to new ideas and different sounds. So yeah, so it's a guitar straight into the Helix, plugged into a Universal Apollo and then right into the DAW and that's it. Yay. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, no, I'm, I'm totally into it. Uh, and I, I got something else that they've been talking about the, um, tone X. Oh yeah. Uh, pedal. I, I just ordered it. So I, I'll, I'll have to get back to everybody on that, but Matt, our bass player, who's a studio engineer, he goes, you have to get this thing because <laughs> you can actually scan and, and model your own amps, you know, and stuff in, in his studio. He has some cool amps. He, he has his available and it's like a community, I guess, of people that uploaded their stuff. Line six has something like that also. Right. Uh, but um, this is a growing community of people that all uploaded their actual amps yeah. and stuff. And it's a it's growing. So I, and it was pretty affordable. So I threw down for it. So I'm trying to stay on top of uh, future technologies with guitar stuff, but it is awesome that it's all at our fingertips and, and getting it smaller, the rigs and everything. Absolutely. And, and, Shoot, I trust anything, Matt. Matt's such a great producer. So, yes. I, yeah, so that's awesome. I'm curious to hear what you think of it, too. Yep. I'll let you know. I'll let you yeah. know. Is, is, and here comes my music novice of equipment, <laughs> but is part of the reason that you guys buy this kind of equipment and use this kind of equipment because in today's world, it's just not efficient to take a boatload of equipment with you on the road that you need small, but you can still capture the full sound or mm -hmm. even more than the full sound, depending on the settings with a smaller device. Is that why you guys buy this stuff? Absolutely. I mean, I love that I can, you know, cause you know, most dates are fly dates and you're hitting on an airplane and it's great that your carry on can be kind of your whole amp rig. Right. You have the same sound every night. The room doesn't matter. You know, not many people carry their own cabinets. The cabinets don't matter. Sometimes, you know, when you like have to bring an amp head and use other cabinets and the cabinets speakers didn't sound right. And it's getting bad for me lately too. Cause I am old school like that. And I, and I was bringing this, I, I still, you have to be good at setting it up because right. it does seem to kind of sound a little different. You have to be able to know how to use it enough to get in there at each venue and make a couple little enhancements. But I am old school right. in the sense that we, typically ask for like uh, Marshall 900s or something to be there. And I actually just go through it and I have like six boss pedals, but I noticed lately maybe because they're not upkeeping on the, the equipment, these backline companies, but it is changing from night to night, you know, the quality of it, of the amps. And I'm thinking about doing what you guys are doing, going back to that, giving the front of house guy a straight feed off helix or, what have you. I've even heard of being able to use the Tone X with, with the Helix stuff Oh, nice. at the same time. So I'm going to look into that. The only thing I, fascinating. The only thing I miss, though, with having, like, you know, the Marshall stack behind you is that air and that yeah pushes behind you. Because, yeah, if you don't have a good wedge or something like that. I mean, we've had shows where the sound guy has no clue what he's doing. and Totally. Bass, yeah, your bass player is coming out of your wedge instead of oh. your guitar, and they got it backwards. And 
then it sucks because you're at the mercy of that and you can't mm-hmm. hear anything that's going on. Monitor but, guys could destroy, especially singers. You know, they they could really ruin a whole tour one one bad monitor person. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. Right on. Well, let's dig into the record a little bit here before we get to touring. But um, I wanted to ask about the title track, which is definitely highly personal to somebody. Tell me, tell me about the song "No Strings." Um, it was really late at night, and Justin was just down here just playing, and he played that opening thing, which sounds nothing like anything we would ever do. He was just messing around, and I came down. And I go, I'm in love with that. Let's record this right now. So we did, and you know, the lyrics just kind of came out of what the song spoke to me about okay. how it seemed very personal and very intimate. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, what's interesting to you was is. Out of my heart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the meaning of the song, and we need to name the album after, but they have two different meanings kind of to it. I mean, basically, I mean, the song is. For sure. You know, well, the song is, you know, obviously just I, I would do anything for for you kind of feeling. So, you know, it's definitely singing him. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> People are going to throw up. As far as like being the album being named after it, it it's kind of one of those that I mean, we've been lucky. Our label here in America is Pavement, and they've always been super cool to us that they never tell us you have to sound this way or you need songs to sound like this. And Frontiers joined up on this album too. And they kind of did the same thing Pavement did. They just said, we like what you have, don't change anything. So it's kind of was saying there's no one pulling our strings. You know, there's no strings behind this of somebody right. else, a third party telling us you have to sound like this or you need more songs like this on the album, get rid of this song. No, it's us just doing what we want to do and just having fun and enjoying ourselves. So. Sure. It's interesting that you're working with both Pavement and Frontiers because they, again, this is me watching it, but to to me looking at it, it's like they have two different agendas. Pavement, definitely diverse. They have, you know, they have bands like Plush or Dystopica or whatever that are, that are very much modern. They have, um, you know, they have a few old school bands and then they have like your record where I'm thinking they probably know the name is old school, but the music does not necessarily only fit in there where frontiers only wants old school. You know, that's all they want. Is it, is it, is it difficult to kind of build a career path or not a career path, but a, a year schedule working with two masters that have different agendas? Well, it's kind of a weird situation. Um, Frontiers kind of tried to reach out to us a, a couple of times, but we wanted to stick with Pavement. Okay. So I guess they got in touch with Pavement and said, hey, you could keep North America, but we want to do the rest of the world. And for us, that's a perfect setup. Sure. Because... Haven's strength is here in North America and Frontier's strength is obviously Europe. worldwide, but you know, they're, yeah, their strength is really in Europe. So we were, for us, it was a no brainer. Like this would be the perfect setup. Well, and it helps a lot too. Like one of the reasons we went with pavement when we did 
was because of their lineup. You know, we saw Candlebox on there and we saw, you know, they had the older bands, but they also had new bands. So we thought, okay, this is kind of cool. We're not going to pigeonhole ourselves into one specific, you know, being an 80s band or, you know, that sound. Because our first album wasn't very 80s sounding at all. It had definitely some more modern influences on it. And we thought that'd be cool. You know, we'll go with somebody a little different. But the thing we missed out on was, you know, Frontiers is a lot of people in, in the whole 80s scene didn't have a clue of what we did or what we were doing. So now right. at least it gets us out there to more people and now making people more aware of who we are and what we do. And so it works. Right. There's still, we're still getting a few comments here and there of like, I had no idea if she was doing stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, well, this is our fourth album. Well, the internet has a way of of not only letting everybody and their brother record something, but also hiding everybody and their brother because there's such a volume of music now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I was like, it's like, it's great because it's so easy to put stuff out, but it's almost too easy to put stuff out that. Again, yeah, in a day or two, people have already moved on. They're they're on to the next thing because there's so many choices out there. Right. The algorithms decide you're done. Right. Next. Certainly. <laughs> well, I know we mentioned touring. Um, what are you guys' plans for the next, let's say, 12 months? We actually, we have our first show to support the album next Saturday, or this Saturday, actually. We're going to be playing here in Chicago. And we're actually playing at the place that Jan and I first met. So it's very special to us. And uh, we're going to be with Queensryche at that show. We love the guys in Queensryche. They're awesome. And then throughout the summer, we're going to be trying to think here. We're we're playing with Sebastian Bach and Quiet Riot, um, another actual local show for us, which is always local shows are great because you don't have to worry about going through TSA and getting on an airplane. (laughs) And uh, then we're on the East Coast. I think in October, actually, right before that, we're going to the Whiskey. So we'll be at the Whiskey Agogo in September, September 23rd, I think. Yeah, it's all of our dates are on, like, the yeah, website. easiest place. Yeah, JanetGardnerMusic.com has got all our dates. Because they're on sporadic. It's not, it's not a tour per se. There's, we're playing some dates. Okay. And then at the start of the year in January, we're going down under and we're going to Australia for a couple weeks. Nice. With uh, a band called Midnight City that's based out of the UK. That great guys, great band. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, can't wait for that. Wow. Well, a lot going on for you guys, including the new release. It is called No Strings. It is Gardner James for people that are looking for it on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. But don't look for it on Apple Music or Spotify. Buy it somewhere, for God's sakes. Help the bands out. <laughs> it's okay if you listen if you're in your car or something but you need to buy at least buy a shirt or buy a cd or buy something so that so that the bands including you guys can continue to do this so right. All right, all right. well i'll tell you what we're gonna do we are gonna wrap this one up with um a little bit of the video from living free and um to wrap it up why don't you uh tell us a little bit about the video for this one and about the song all right, the song, same kind of story. Justin was messing around. Well, actually, we put that one away for a while. We did. We worked on a bunch of other songs first. He came up with like the neener, neener, neener. Um, neener, neener, neener. Exactly. It's like an Italian siren. Right? 
<laughs> oh, God, it's good light. Um, and then, I mean, lyrically, we just wanted it to be a really empowering song. You know, if, if stuff isn't right in your life, fix it. Be free. Simple, simple, simple concept. But I think everybody gets stuck in things where they shouldn't be. Toxic situations, stuff like that. Just get rid of it. Live right. free. That's what it's about. And what's kind of cool, too, is the video was shot. There's this new theater that opened up out here in Chicago, ironically called the Vixen Theater. Nice. So we rented that out and kind of cool. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It's funny how things like that are like, ooh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, one more time, the album Gardner James, No Strings. And um, we will finish with I'm Living Free. And uh, Janet, Justin, thanks so much for joining us here on Crusade thanks Presents. You guys. Thank you guys so pleasure. much. Yes. Thank oh, you. Excellent. Here thank we go. You both. Bother to defend myself from crazy things. 